Welcome to The Yarn, a school library journal production. I'm Travis Yonker, and this is Colby Sharp. We are here in Orlando at the ALA Annual Conference. Thank you all for coming. Today is a special live episode of the show. Since it's a special occasion, I'm going to start by doing something I probably shouldn't. I'm going to read to you from my diary. Actually, I'm going to make Colby do it. Quick context. Back in late 2013, School Library Journal gave me the assignment of interviewing the then incoming National Ambassador for Young People's Literature. Here's what I wrote the day before the interview. This is real. December 19th, 2013, 2.16 p.m. I get to interview KD Camillo tomorrow for SLJ. I'm pumped. I've had a good time whipping up some questions for her. I'm going to try very hard not to get nervous. I'm going with the, she's just a person approach. <laughs> Since I've spoken with her before, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to chat with a minimum of awkwardness. She's just a person. She's just a person. She's just. She is the author of Newberry Medal-winning books, The Tale of Despero and Flora and Ulysses. She is a former national ambassador for young people's literature. She is also a person. <laughs> Today we will be talking about her latest book, Ramey Nightingale. Kate DiCamillo, welcome. podcast listeners we just hugged we hugged and did I feel like a person yes yeah yeah Travis has been working on his hugs you did nice yeah I've been practicing my hugs I, I go for a longer embrace now because some people have given me a hard time about my hugs it was a good hug thank you it didn't feel it didn't feel too long and it wasn't too short either like ooh. good timing <laughs> yeah um, yeah okay that's good yeah um, so We'll edit all of this out. <laughs> no, this is the good stuff. Uh, okay, so we're going to start with asking you a few questions about your latest book, and then at the end we're going to have a little bit of a speed round with some quicker questions. Uh-oh. Yes, okay. you did not know what you signed up for here. No, I had no idea. Okay, so it's time to unravel Ramey Nightingale. So 16 years ago, you brought us to Florida for the first time in Because of Winn-Dixie, and you brought us back. In Ramey Nightingale. Miss DiCamillo, what is, it, what is it like to be back? Don't call me Miss DiCamillo. Yeah. <laughs> Kate. 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 Kate, what's it like to be back? Well, and the funny thing is that um, you never really understand what you're doing until it's already done, right? And so, and then when I started to do the interviews before the book came out, and talking to people in the industry, I start to understand that that's what I've done is I've gone kind of like I started here and I went around and came back. Uh, I, went, I made a circle. So I, I ended up where I started. Not that I'm quitting. I mean, I want to keep on writing. But it was, in, it was an interesting journey as a writer. And it was um, deeply moving to go back to that central Florida, small central Florida town. And then, because we're in Orlando for ALA, I got to go back to the town where I grew up and I did an event at, at the library that is still bears the same name that it had when I was a kid, but when I was a kid, it was a little old, uh, it was a house 
tiny house, like Miss Franny Block's library, and now it's much bigger. It's huge. So, what was that event like? I spent a lot of time crying. Yeah, um, <laughs> teachers came. You know, um, it was it was great. Uh, I saw so many people that I hadn't seen since I was a kid. So, yeah. So it was like a homecoming in a way. It was. It was. And 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 again, as I figure out what I'm writing about, um, it. I understood even more deeply that I, when I was there that Ramey, and I don't know, y'all can tell me what the book is about, but it's, it's a book about um, somebody leaving, but it's also about a book about the, the people who stay. It's about community. And so I went back to that community that raised me. Do you remember what the first thing you wrote for this book was? Can you talk about that? The first thing that I wrote for the book? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, the very first thing that I had was the idea for the the contest, Little Miss Central Florida Tire Contest, which I thought, man, that's funny, right? <laughs> um, and then I got Ramey's name. That was the second thing that came. And then I thought, okay, so I've got a beauty contest and an inept child, um, and it's going to be a comedy. I thought it was going to be just, I thought I was just going to have, um, I thought it was going to be lighthearted. And it's not that it's not funny. Did y'all laugh at all? Yeah. Good. You did laugh? Yes. Good. Um, but it went someplace that um, I wasn't prepared for it to go, and that happened relatively quickly. And um, no one is more ill-equipped to talk about how the story unfolded than I am. We'll have to go to the curl and, and look and see what those rough drafts say. But I do not—I I did not start off the way that it, you know, it, it ended up. What new things did you have to learn to write this book? Which is a very good question because every time you write a book. Um, you think, okay, now I figured out how to write a book, but you just figured out how to write that book. And with this book, the, the real challenge was that every sentence that I wrote felt like it had like 30 or 40 sentences underneath it. It was just, um, every, every part of it was spring-loaded. And I think it was because I was so um, deeply in my own childhood psyche as I did it. And so I just, I, I wrote... Uh, just reams and reams and then the challenge was to go back and find the sentences that needed to stay and I've never really had to do that before it was it was a hard book to write but it was but it wasn't hard in that it didn't come everything came there's so much I know that that ended up on the cutting room floor before it even got to my editor things about like the Golden Glen nursing home which um it's a nursing home in the book, and it, it, and there was a bit in there where there's a golden cracker, because that's a golden glen, and um, and that was the person that funded this, and Ramey's sit, sitting there staring at a gold-plated cracker inside the nursing home, and it had, so it was just like all of this stuff, and I had to just like get line after line just on the cutting room floor to get to the heart of it, yeah. Did you guys like the book? I did. Okay. I, All right. I loved the book. Okay, yeah. good. All right. But that's stupid to ask, but I guess you can edit it out, you know? <laughs> we did not like it, um, but we won't. Yeah. Um, did you like the book? <laughs> did I like the book? Yes. Yes. Yes, I, yes, I like the book. But I'm thinking about, you know, because... Uh, when Dixie came out in 2000, this is 2016, I've been doing this for a while now, and, and um, it, it's interesting to me that um, people's response to this book is um, 
kind of knocked me sideways in, in a good way, but it's, it's um, so yeah, I like the book, yeah. So you said a second ago that like, all the sentences felt spring-loaded. There's, so there's this famous quote uh, by Joan Didion, I write entirely to find out what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, so you've, you've said that this is maybe your most personal book. So do you feel like you kind of were working through things? Sure, I felt like I was working through things, but the thing is that I, I write the book um, and, I, I, and I figure some things out, but I don't really figure it out until I start to talk to the, uh, to the people before it goes out, to librarians and teachers and booksellers and journalists. And then I figure it out when I'm out in front of uh, people. But just this morning I was um, at a breakfast and somebody uh, said, can you talk about what swimming means in this book? And, and, and so there was another thing that I realized sitting in there about what this book is about because I was the kind of kid who, you know, the question is always, can I twirl a baton? No, I can't. I could barely tie my shoes. You know, my, all the report cards had, Kate is a very smart little girl. She cannot use scissors. Kate is a very <laughs> smart little girl. She cannot walk on a balance beam. You know, so no, I couldn't twirl a baton. I could swim. It was the only thing physical that I could do well. And I, you know, took life-saving classes and, and all of that. So that's part of what's in there, too. This thing about you don't know what's inside of you, the, the, the miraculous things that you can do. Did you write a lot as a child? Um, I did not write a lot as a child. Both of y'all know the answer to that question. I didn't, I didn't write... Um, at all to speak of. I wrote some really bad poetry that was for the dog. Um, and um, other than that, I mean, my general, I was a kid that read and I, I loved books and I didn't think that um, human beings made books. I don't know where I thought they came from, but I didn't think it was something that people did, you know? And boy, I'm a people. So, and that's what I always, when I go into schools and talk to kids, it's just like I, if they walk away with nothing else but that thing, I was like, look at her, she's a big old mess, but yet she gets to do this magical thing, right? So. So I think that would look great on a Mr. Shoe Canva. Look at her, she's a big old mess, mess. but she gets to do this magical thing. <laughs> it is a magical thing. It's the best job in the world, but you don't have to be superhuman to do it. You just, you just have, the more human you are, um, the, the, better, the better you can tell a story. And we've established you're a human today. So. <laughs> um, so just thinking about the kind of the writing process, um, was the majority of this book, did you write it during uh, your ambassadorship? I did, and how did. How did that play into writing a book? Because well, that's a big job that you would have. It was, it was actually, because you do a lot of traveling with the ambassadorship, but it was great because I found that um, I actually, as introverted as I am, I like being out on the road and meeting people. Writing is very solitary, and as John Sheska said, if you sit there and do it too long, you realize just how strange you are, right? So you want to, like, it was a good balance. So I would go out, I would come back, and I would work on Ramey, and I do think that the book, in, in many ways, without me realizing it, is a direct result of me going into so many schools as ambassador and doing my PowerPoint and talking about um, myself as a kid and standing up in front of kids and saying, here I am uh, when I'm six years old. Here's my brother. Here's my mother who's missing in this photograph. And I said that so many times. I spoke that truth so many times that the truth ended up in the book. You know. 
Hmm. What do you edit out of this? This Anything. right, right, what's happening right now? <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. And if that happens to you, then we'll edit that out for you. Great, good, good. So we're all on the same page here. Um, so how terrified are you of the blank page on a scale of one to 10? Because you keep saying yes to stuff. You said yes to the ambassadorship. You said you're the summer reading champion. You said yes to this interview when you are just facing a new story. And you've written, you've started writing since uh, Ramey. And how has that gone? It's gone very well. I hate to sound like, you know, an upbeat, optimistic person, but I'm like, and I'm, I'm happy not, to hear that. Yeah. And what I've, and when you're saying I said yes, 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 I've also said yes to the page more too. I've started to say yes to everything and yes in one area leads to yes in another. I've just learned to say yes, which has been very hard for me to do. I'm very much more a no person. I can't, I won't. And, and I've learned this industry and what has happened to me in this industry has taught me to say yes. Can you talk, can you talk more about that? What has happened to you in this industry and how it's... Well, what has happened to me in this industry is that um, I, I, I worked um, in a book warehouse in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota that served the whole upper Midwest. Um, and I was on the children's floor of that warehouse. And so I got a very realistic idea of what to expect. By the time I sold Winn-Dixie, I knew um, I had, I thought, okay, if I'm super, super lucky, 5,000 copies of this book will sell and the rest will be like remaindered in Guatemala and I won't have to see them here at work. And that would be like success, right? So I, I just, I, I got a good feel for the industry. What happened to me, and I don't know, Karen Lotz, how many, how, that's the president and publisher of Candlewick Press, how many copies of, of Because of Winn-Dixie have sold? Mil millions. That's, that's what happened to me in this industry. And that is miraculous. And that has that yes from readers and booksellers and librarians and teachers and parents has made me say yes back. Does that make sense? So this isn't in your notes, but I'm going to ask a question. Okay. Uh, Does so, that get edited out? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, we'll leave that in. <laughs> we'll leave that in. That'll be in like the bonus, the bonus <laughs> episode. You get two episodes. So I'm just curious. There seems to be like these little pockets around the country, like Minneapolis and Vermont and upstate New York, where there's just so many writers. Why do you think there are so many great writers where, around the area where you live? I don't know. You know, it's always been the, you know, everybody jokes that there's something in the water. And I ended up there, you know... Um, by what a friend of mine would call serendipity duda. I didn't know what I was doing. I just got to the right place somehow. And it is a wonderful community of people who create. And also, the state in general um, is very supportive. Um, there are grants, you know, for writers. Um, why? Because it's so cold that um, <laughs> you have to be nice to each other and listen to each other's stories in the wintertime? I don't know. I don't know. Makes sense, yeah. 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 Does it make sense? Yeah. <laughs> Edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> There's not going to be anything left at the end of this interview, Kate. I'm sorry. This is trouble. <laughs> um, so, this was your most personal book. Was there anybody, especially, that you most wanted to show it to, or was was there anybody that you were fearful 
to show it to? No, I wasn't fearful. Um, and the funny thing is, in going back to Claremont um, and talking to some of those people that I grew up with, I that was they understand that book on a a level that you know because that that you know I I think that they feel like that's their world too. So um, should I have been fearful to show it to somebody? Um, no, you know, and everybody's, I, I, I think kids think this, um, but adults secretly think it too, that you're never like really making up a character, you're basing the character on somebody. And, you know, all those characters are made up, but they're also a reference point to some, like I grew up on a dead-end street, and one side was all uh, young families, and the other side was uh, elderly widow ladies, and they were... Um, um, ladies who had time for all of us in the neighborhood as kids. And so Mrs. Borkowski is not any of those ladies, but yet, and my subconscious, I'm working towards those ladies, that she was always available and she was dispensing wisdom. And yes, you had to cut her toenails to get it, but, you know. <laughs> do you want to do something with that, Colby? Edit that out. Yeah. I'm still so nervous. I keep flexing my toes. <laughs> oh. I flex my toes. I've been waiting to say that since 3 o'clock this morning. That's true. Uh, is it different letting a book out into... I mean, how is it different now letting a book out into the world than when you released Winn-Dixie? I'm guessing besides, like the tour is a little different than Winn-Dixie? Yeah, the, what tour when Winn-Dixie came out? Yeah, it's totally different, but it's also... You know, when you're writing a book and, and you don't know if uh, it's going to get published, and in fact, it seems very unlikely that it will, there's all that angst of, of, and the worry. And so then when it gets published, and I, and I know then that it will get reviewed, it's a different kind of thing. So no matter what, you're worrying and you're fretful, or that's me, at least. I'm per perpetually worrying and fretful. And, um, and... I don't want to disappoint people who have given so much to me. And that's um, those readers who trust me. So, is, is the worry and the fretfulness, has that changed at all? Or is that still kind of the same from the, the very beginning? It's intensified. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more worried and fretful than I ever was. Why do you think that is? I'm neurotic. Um, <laughs> And and but it, it's 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 true that I am more worried, but I'm also um, more relaxed when I'm writing. So it's like those two things have balanced out. Writing is not as terrifying for me as it used to be, but then I am worried when the book goes out into the world. So does that make sense? Yeah. I'm just switching around where the worry is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So your books inspire a lot of love love for the books and love for you for writing them and I'm sure that you got to you know experience that on tour and as an ambassador and things so how do you kind of handle that when people you know just being a fan of, of your work what what's your kind of reaction or what goes through your head or your heart I cry a lot and I, we were just down in Tampa last night and um, I, I cried a lot and I hugged a lot of people um, and I don't uh, there was one little girl who came up behind me. She had already gotten her book signed, and she came back to say, I, got, I, I forgot I have a question for you. 
And I said, go ahead. I'll keep on signing books. You, you, you ask the question. And she said, what's it like to know that all these people came here just to see you? And I said, <laughs> I can't think about that. I can only, if I think about that, it makes me too nervous. But I can look at your face and be glad that you're here and that you came. But if I think about the, you know, the enormity of it, so I, it's just person by person um, and, and trying to be present with each person who's giving me such a huge gift by reading the words that I wrote. Yeah. Do I get graded on these answers? They're getting increasingly difficult, I have to say. Kate is a very good student, but she still can't balance on the balance. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Maybe you can. I'm sorry. I shouldn't just assume things. I'm a little bit better. But, you know, and I was saying this morning at breakfast that, um, you know, it was just, I, I, that, that was back in the day when you were allowed to pick, you know, sides for teams, you know, and I was just a liability to any sports team. And I would have always been the last person standing out there, except I tried to make myself agreeable by making everybody laugh. So I would be picked just for comedic relief, you know. Um, so that was a good life skill, I guess, you know. But your team would be the most fun team to be on. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, but disastrous as far as we were going to win. Where are we supposed to go with the ball? Like, and the volleyball would come whizzing, and I would just, like, you know, get out of its way, you know. There's a volleyball tournament, like, right next to No door. kidding. Oh, I went right. over there, and I tried to look, but, you know, the, 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 guard, the guards won't let you look. I'm just so amazed that they can do that. It's just like it, it, you can break your hand. Yeah. I just ducked. I just ducked. I knew Debbie Smoke was behind me, and she would get it. Yeah. Thank you for listening to part one of our episode with Kate. We'll be back in a few days with part two, where Kate talks about the people she works closely with on her books, her process, and that pig. Then I, I haul out that pig, you know, <laughs> to cheer me up. And, um, and yes, and it's so much fun to work on, you know, a story um, where nobody learns anything, you know, because mercy just remains a pig, an unrepentant pig, you know. Mm-hmm.